3: or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Tuesday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are rolling with you. Lots of fun and a ton of different topics to dive into. Gavin Newsom, our friend, we're going to start off with this. Uh, Another big sit-down interview. It's amazing how many of those he has time to do. Uh, Talking about Kamala Harris. Uh, NBC on COVID, our good friend Mark Cuban with an intriguing position on COVID that Buck texted me about this morning. We will discuss that. Donald Trump, by the way, news-wise, has announced that he is going to skip the second Republican debate, which is taking place September 27th at the Reagan Library. What do we think about that? Probably not a huge surprise that he is making that choice. DeSantis and Trump, um, an interesting... Little interchange as they have gone back and forth. This came out of the Meet the Press interview that Trump did with, uh, Kristen Welker, the new host there, where he ripped, uh, Ron DeSantis and the six week abortion, uh, ban, uh, the, the limitations that now exist in the state of Florida. Uh, that is a bit intriguing, if only because Trump is actually to the left of DeSantis on that issue and several others. Um, and we'll probably dive into that as well. But I wanted to start with this, Buck. Um, I did an interview with Adam Carolla. Uh, he's been on the show several times. Adam Carolla, formerly of The Man Show, really funny comedian. Um, I know a lot of you guys out there are, uh, are fans of Adam Carolla. And we talked about Gavin Newsom, Buck. And Adam Carolla had a great analogy. He said, Gavin Newsom's like a guy who's got a really bad Mexican restaurant, and he's decided that he wants to franchise it. That's what he basically said uh, of Gavin Newsom's tenure as the governor of California, that he hasn't done a very good job. People in California are mostly unhappy, but he's decided that he wants to take his California brand national. And for a guy who has expressed that he has no interest, supposedly, in being president of the United States, he sure does seem to be doing a lot of national interviews. And he did another one with CNN and I wanted by the way Joe Biden also spoke at the UN. I went through and watched a lot of these clips and there he said nothing of any substance uh or interest at least uh, to me. I don't know if you felt differently buck, but it's like for to go speak at the UN and talk for 25 minutes and basically not be capable of, of of saying anything that I thought was particularly profound or illuminating or even frankly interesting uh, I I thought was uh was very strange uh, but Gavin Newsom uh I wanted to play this because everybody's now getting asked about Kamala Harris says he's absolute she is absolutely the best choice for Biden's running mate of course she is uh listen to cut nine here
5: Nancy Pelosi. She heaped praise on Kamala Harris, but she declined to say whether or not she thought that the vice president is the best person to be on the ticket with Joe Biden in 2024. Do you? Of course she is. Biden-Harris administration. Masterclass in terms of performance. Bipartisan deals on infrastructure, bipartisan deals on guns and debt ceiling, on the chips and science. She's the best choice. I mean, by definition, if I think this administration the last two and a half years has been one of the most outstanding administrations the last few decades... And she's a member of that administration. She gets to lay and claim credit to a lot of that success. The answer is absolutely.
2: Okay, Buck, what, that is like, there's no way that he believes anything that he just said. Are we missing some sort of 4D chess? What's going on here?
6: He knows that he's able to say it in a way that almost drips with disdain, but that the words are perfect so far as Nobody could look back at the transcript and say that he was undermining this White House, right? I mean, he's he's singing the required tune here, but he's not doing it with any enthusiasm. He's doing what he thinks he has to do right now to stay in the good graces of the party machinery because they still have not made. Although I've seen there there are across the you know web right now, you'll see different pieces where people are raising the anxiety over Biden's age and but they're all saying it's almost too late it's almost too late i haven't seen enough of the momentum to bring about a a switch or to even get serious about any kind of a of a last minute switch situation so i think gavin is reading the room with that as well here um and and everybody recognizes that he's going to run i'm sure a, in the next one um remember, part of what we've talked about here is how important the vice presidential pick is for Trump or for Biden, assuming that Trump is the nominee. And I guess we have to say assuming Biden is the nominee, too, although he is the president. That would be quite a quite a, um, a, a change up, uh, quite a surprise. But, Clay, the other part of it is that you're going to have the general election campaign for 2028 effectively kick off two years into the presidency of whoever ends up winning. So it's not like you have to wait eight years. If, if, if you get a Democrat victory here, Gavin Newsom's not waiting on the sidelines for eight years. He's waiting on the sidelines for two at, at, you know, that's, that's assuming nothing crazy happens the next few months. So, you know, he, look, he's very, he's very slick. We joke around about it. He gets a lot of media attention. He understands that. I still don't know. I haven't really seen, uh, excellent numbers. I still don't think that he would play very well in the battleground states and at the national level our presidential elections are determined by a handful of states right now yeah. there's a lot of states that aren't in play there are a handful that are and winning is just a question of winning in those places right winning in california for a democrat is irrelevant losing for a a uh, democrat in you know yeah. wyoming is irrelevant although wyoming I mean, doesn't have a lot of, doesn't have a lot of electoral college votes period anyway but you get what i'm saying I think it's, isn't that the most, is the most red state Wyoming by, by voting? I think it's Wyoming. It might be. It was uh,
2: Wyoming and, and, and honestly, this is why Joe Manchin is in such trouble. I think West Virginia, I think Trump won West Virginia by the biggest margin. I think it was 39 points. I feel like it was West Virginia won Wyoming two, if somebody on the staff wants to look that up in the 2020 election. Um, and, uh, and that's why, joe manchin is is trying to decide am i right is it Wyoming? is it west virginia one wyoming two um we'll, we'll have the staff check that we we'll the staff it, pull it it's it's yeah. close
6: it's it's a neck and neck race between those two so
2: yes. here's the problem with what you just said buck and 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 i don't disagree if gavin newsom is on record which he just said on cnn hey it's the biden harris administration they've done an incredible job how do you justify? Yes, of course she should be on the ticket. Of course she should be the vice president. If you believe that to be true now, how does that not get played in the event that, uh, Biden wins? Like I just, I, Harris has to be the nominee if Biden wins back to back elections and she is the VP for eight years. And frankly, I think that, and I hate to say this, I think that at some point if Biden wins election in 24, if he's on the ticket, like we said, then she's going to end up president of the United States because I think he's going to be physically debilitated to such an extent that he is not going to be able to finish his term. And again, we talked about this last week. Just to put it in context, People will say, oh, you shouldn't be talking about his age. Some people make that argument on the Democrat side. Half of every person, half of the people that were born on the day that Joe Biden was born are already dead in America. So the idea that he at 82 next year, I think he's going to turn 81 in, uh, in November, that he would be 86 years old and be hundred percent able to be president of the United States is, I think, crazy. So she's going to end up, in my opinion, president of the United States if Biden were to win an election in 2024. But even if she didn't, let's pretend that somehow Biden serves out his whole term, uh, and manages to, to be president until 2029 when, you know, they're swearing in a new president. I don't see any way that Kamala Harris is not the nominee by almost popular acclamation if people like uh, Gavin Newsom are now saying this. I I understand your argument if he's trying to stay in good graces, but if his goal is to be president of the United States, and if it isn't, I don't understand why he cares about doing all these national interviews, right? Most governors aren't doing regular sit-down interviews nationwide. He's clearly interested in being president of the United States. I don't see the political calculus here. It doesn't add up for me he, what he he can't be
6: seen, Clay. He can't be seen to undermine or push aside Kamala now or in the future. What he's doing is presenting it as though he is totally a—he's uh, a company man. He's a party yep. line guy. He supports the administration. But I mean, if at some point in the future the the Democrat Party faithful decide that it just must be Gavin Newsom, he he will humbly and gratefully accept the shove aside of Kamala Harris as the heir apparent of the Democrat Party. That's how he's positioning that.
2: Okay, I understand that, but that would suggest that he thinks there may be, at the Democrat convention, some sort of brokered selection of a nominee, because... If he is going to run for president at some point, barring a crazy brokered convention situation next year where Biden steps down, they have to pick a nominee, then he's going to have to enter the race at some point. Now, yeah, he but, may say, but people are demanding that I run and like, but yes, it's, it's not. He'll it's change not
6: his tune. If he's, yeah. he's going to run, first of all, I don't think he's running now, or rather he's not going to run in the next year, I believe. We'll see. I could be wrong. But at this point, if anyone wanted to place a bet with me on that one, I think uh I'd have to give them some pretty strong odds. Um, if he's gonna run in uh whatever 28, no one's gonna remember what he says now about Kamala Harris.
2: And okay. if he has to I just re- think it gets harder to step over her if Biden wins. Now, Biden. Here's the question. No, he
6: he, cre- he creates nothing but downside for himself. If he's seen to undermine right now, he creates downside in California. He creates downside with the Democrat base. He creates downside with voters that he's gonna need down the line.
2: This is. No, do you think Gavin Newsom is rooting for Donald Trump to beat Joe Biden?
6: Do I think Gavin Newsom is rooting for Donald Trump to beat Joe Biden?
2: I think um, he is. Because me, that me, helps him politically. Think about it as we go to break here in a little bit. Think about how that would help. Here's my argument. I mean, he for why he it would, would help say, him. of
6: course, absolutely not. Are you asking course. me? Publicly is he narcissistic in, and self obsessed enough that he would want a Trump presidency, even though he thinks Trump is Hitler or whatever, because it means that yeah, I think Clay. I think that a lot of these people at this level of power politically, I think there's something like a little off, think,
2: a little wrong I with I think them. Gavin Newsom is a hundred percent rooting for Donald Trump to beat Joe Biden <laughs> because that buck is how Kamala Harris gets swept off the stage. Her political viability right now is attached to Joe Biden. If she's able to serve as vice president for eight years, even if he doesn't step down and allow her to be president at some point. She is the presumptive front runner. If they got beat, if they got beat by Donald Trump or any other Republican candidate, Kamala Harris is out right. with the wash. But, She's but this done. is
6: why he has to be loyal sounding now, even though no one thinks his heart well, is Well,
2: I'm it. wondering if the 4-D chess is if he's thinking that Biden's going to lose. And so then he says, look, I thought they did a good job, but the American voters, boy, they, they didn't agree. It, I mean, and look, that's a failure of messaging, and that's why I've got to run now.
6: There's a precedent here though. Well, now you get into whether Biden and we're getting way out into the future. So we should kind of bring it back to the moment, but there's a precedent where Biden was pre, was vice president for eight years and party just pushed him aside. So that has happened. That has happened. It's not like it would necessarily be, uh, Kamala Harris's, but if she took over while Biden was president and therefore she was actually president, then things become a little trickier. But I mean, look, RFK Jr. We were talking about him, Clay, on the show. RFK Jr. made some noise for about three months, and now the guy can't—you know—a guy can't get five minutes on the Democrat radar anywhere. No one's doing any hits. They're very disciplined. This communist Democrat media.
2: Yeah, I think. Uh, the the more I think about it, one billion percent, Gavin Newsom is rooting with every fiber of his being for Donald Trump. Or or I had to think it through
6: too. I think he. I think he. I mean, I think he would.
2: That's the swear, stair step to his power. He, he would
6: swear on the lives of his ancestors or whatever that yes. that wasn't true, but I yes. think it probably is true. Yeah, so, true. cause that's the kind of guy he is. What well, you look next time you guys are having a chablis. I'm going to ask him his, about it. Yeah. You know, t- talk to him about it. I'll ask The guys, guys, guys got strong. Do you, think, hair you think
2: Gavin Newsom's more of a white wine or red wine guy?
6: He's a white wine guy. You think he's going to throw that out there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know what I don't know look what that says about <laughs> it, but I'd love that you have an opinion.
6: You know, companies look it out for you when they upgrade your service and don't charge for it. Pure Talk did just that for both new and current customers. They increased the data on their plans 50%, including a mobile hotspot with each one, with no price increase whatsoever. It's still just $20 a month for unlimited talk, text, and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Another bonus is you'll be supporting a veteran-owned company that only hires in the U.S., keeping its customer service team right here at home. Great values, great service. Pure Talk is the way to go. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, and make the switch to Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, and make the switch to Pure Talk today.
2: Make an appointment with The Truth.
6: All right, welcome back, team. Gavin Newsom at the uh, center of the conversation today at the start because of what he said about Kamala Harris, because it was, you know, he, he was... Um,
2: it's so allegative, fuck. It's so tr- fake. Like, you, I, I can't help but respect how fake it is.
6: Did you just throw Oleaginous into the conversation? Did I not
2: mispronounce man? it? Did I mispronounce but you, but it? But I like well. that you
6: went You went. How about for it,
2: unctuous? Though. Would that be a better, unctuous a better word? Unctuous is amazing
6: for Gavin yeah. Newsom, too. That's a perfect one. Um, he is... He was perfect because he was like, I mean, how could you even imagine a better vice president than this <laughs> amazing vice president who nobody apparently likes and nobody would have voted for and certainly nobody would want to be president in the future, but she is perfect as vice president. Like the subtext is so strong. Uh, so he said that. And then also, um, Gavin Newsom here on the impeachment inquiry. I, I don't think did we mentioned the first impeachment hearing, inquiry hearing. It's an inquiry, right? It's not technically an impeachment yet. That is next Thursday. Uh, It has been set by the House Republicans for next Thursday. So we're about to enter that phenomenon. Let's play clip 12 here. Gavin Newsom on the impeachment inquiry.
5: I don't know enough about the details of that. I mean, I've seen a little of that. If that's the new criteria, there are a lot of a lot of folks in a lot of industries, not just in politics, where people have family members and relationships, and they're trying to parlay and get a little influence and benefit. In that respect, uh, that's hardly unique. I don't love that any more than you love it or other people, I imagine, love that. Uh, we want to see a lot less of that. But an impeachment inquiry? Give me a break. This is student government. Student government threatening a government shutdown again after we went through that process with the debt ceiling? This is student government government this is a joke ready fire, aim. i mean it's a perversity what the founding fathers ever conceived of and imagined so if that's the best they can do give me a break
6: okay hold on first of all i think it's interesting uh national debt today 33 trillion dollars you might have seen that announced we're, yeah. we're at 33 trillion now so talking about spending is silly to gavin newsom beyond that the the most oh i mean other than treason um bribery is One of the things the founders were most concerned about when it came to leadership and came to positions of elected power.
2: No, you can not agree with the decision to impeach because you just don't think that impeachment should be used as often as it is. And this is what this is what Democrats created, right? It's basically like censure now. It used to be. Remember when Bill Clinton was impeached, whatever thirty years ago, almost now that was a big deal. By the time they impeach Trump for a, I mean, honestly, he was 100% right about this, a perfectly legitimate phone call with Ukraine, and then to do it again after January 6th, it it basically is just a form of trying to insult and drag down politically the opposing party. And so that is what is going on here. But the data reflects the evidence in question that I've been saying this, and I think it's important, compared to Nixon, Clinton, and Trump, there is far more significant evidence against Joe Biden for serious crimes than there was against those three.
6: 800-282-2882. What do you think about the impeachment inquiry? Gun owners, keeping your skills sharp at the gun range has become a little bit more expensive because ammo costs have gone way up. But now you can train at home without ammo using an ammo-free tool called the Mantis X. This process is dry fire practice. That's what Mantis X is. It's a firearms training system that is no ammo. It's all electronic. lets you improve your shooting accuracy from the comfort of your own home. simply attaches to your firearm like a weapon light, connects to your phone and your Mantis X app. The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique, scores your accuracy, and has a variety of drills and courses. Most folks using a Mantis X experience improvement within the first 20 minutes. Product is now being used by our Marines, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology that's available to you at an affordable price. Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com.
2: Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. By the way, 800-282-2882 if you want to weigh in and react to any of the conversations that we are having throughout the course of today's program. No guests, so uh, if callers want to be involved, we have got space. I wanted to clean this up because we talked about it in the uh, opening segment. I went back uh, during the commercial break and looked and, and confirmed it. So Buck, you are right that Wyoming was the state that supported Trump the most in 2020.
6: I'm just going to have the team clip that, and that's going to be my new ringtone. Clay telling me that I'm right. Every day, all day, I want to hear it.
2: Go ahead, sir. Well, uh, well, yes, because you're now married, so you probably don't hear that very often. I do not hear it as often
6: as I used to.
2: Yeah, in your head, you used to hear it a lot more. You get married. Uh, I don't think I've been right in 20 years. Um, So, uh, Wyoming, 69 point, this is crazy. 69.9% of Wyoming voters supported Donald Trump. 26.6% for Joe Biden. That was the biggest margin in the country in the 2020 election, but West Virginia was not very far behind. Sixth, it was number two. So Wyoming, number one. Trump number uh, for Trump supporting in 2020. Wyoming uh, uh, was number one. West Virginia was number two. 68.6 percent of West Virginians voted for Trump. Just 29.7 percent voted for Biden, and that buck is actually a big storyline going into 2024 because Joe Manchin, I believe, has said that he will officially announce in January what his decision is going to be. Jim Justice has opened up a big lead and he's the current governor of West Virginia. That is one that I believe there is no way that a Democrat can continue to represent West Virginia. So I think Joe Manchin is slowly coming to the conclusion that he is done there. Um, and there are three states that Trump won comfortably in 2020 that have Republican, that have Democrat senators right now. Uh, West Virginia, where I think we are going to get a Republican in there, uh, in Ohio, and in Montana. Those are three big Trump-winning states that have right now Democrat senators And all three of those have to be on the chopping block in a big way. If you
6: have a uh, Democrat-controlled Senate and a Republican-controlled House and a Trump victory in 2024, let's just throw that out there for a second because I don't think there's enough conversation on the right. I don't think the conservative base is getting... Well, I understand it's a little early. We're just entering the process now, but you're going to have to have certainly... Republican, uh, a Republican-controlled House and Senate for a Trump presidency to even think about getting any major legislation through. And I know a lot of people have it in, in their minds, perhaps, well, Trump will wield the executive veto, or not veto pen, but the executive pen uh, for executive orders in order to accomplish a lot of things. The truth is, we already saw this, and what happens is they have universal injunctions that come down from any federal judge anywhere in the country to stop. Now you could say well it'll make its way to the Supreme Court and maybe he'll prevail there. Point being folks, if we're going to get a lot done, if Trump is going to get a lot done, if he is, if he is the candidate and if he wins, for him to get a lot done, you can't have Democrats in control of the Senate again, which is yeah. a big piece of this. The Senate races are go- we're going to dial into these more as we get closer, but those are absolutely critical. That's a part of this that I think doesn't really hasn't really factored into the conversation very much yet.
2: Yeah, and look, the reason why we have the disastrous economic situation that we do on inflation is because Joe Biden had, for a very limited time, a tiny control of the Senate and the House, and he exerted as much possible authority as he could in the first two years of his presidency. And so regardless of what happens in the presidential election in 2024, we have got to have Republican control of the Senate because the House is going to be on tenterhooks one way or the other. The margin is going to be tiny, one way or the other, and you have. There should be. There should have been Senate control won back by Republicans in 2022. We tripped all over ourselves in uh, Georgia. We tripped all over ourselves in Arizona. We tripped all over ourselves in Pennsylvania. Right, the three states that you could point to and say those were winnable races absolutely have to win West Virginia. I think that one's in the bag. That would make it 50-50. And then need to win at least one of the two in uh in Ohio or Montana. Need to win all three of those races really because those are red states that should have red uh senators. And then you could at least regardless of how close this presidential election ends up being in 2024, you could at least know that the power was going to be checked and worst case scenario, we would have divided government. I'm actually right now, Buck, more optimistic about Senate control than I am House control because I just think the House is going to be so tight. The the battlefield, as it were, the landscape actually favors Republicans more in the Senate than I think it does in the House.
6: Uh, I, I certainly... Hope that's the way it plays out. Um, did you mention uh, Arizona, by the way? In that, I was. Just uh, I at-
2: have not yet. I mean, Arizona. Yeah. Obviously, it looks that's- like Kerry Lake. There's going to be a three way battle there. We expect Cinema to run as an independent against right. Gallego. Like that's, so that's going to be, a mess be too.
6: both messy and very important in this process yes. as well. You'll have an important race in Arizona. Um, already, I've seen. It's almost hard to believe, but this is what they're they're, they're looking to do. Uh, I'm looking at sort of the enemy playbook here at CNN. They think that uh, Ted Cruz, they're going to go after Ted Cruz in Texas. You know who's going to do it. They're thinking they want they want Beto O'Rourke perhaps Again? to come back. I'm like oh. I'm like,
2: is that guy ever going to go away? No, I don't even Ted know how Cruz, that's... Ted Cruz going to win in 24 in Texas. All right, like there there will be a lot of drama. There will be a lot of focus on it. Oh no,
6: he'll win. But it's just funny that they they. Ted Cruz is their white whale man. Yeah. They they want to take they <laughs> if they could get one Senate. Also the the whole Texas phenomenon, they think yeah. that if they can go into the the largest solid red state, they'll be in a position. But anyway, that's I I think the Ted will be fine. You mentioned Montana, that's important. West Virginia, that's very important. Uh look, it's basically it tracks with most of the important battleground states, period. The Senate races that are going to matter are going to be in states that the presidential candidates are going to be really uh, duking it out in. You know, Wisconsin, Nevada. Oh,
2: um, uh, let me see. Well, yeah, Wisconsin, Michigan's Nevada. Gonna, Michigan's going to have Michigan's a battleground because they, they're not going to have an incumbent. But r- if oh, Pennsylvania focus-
6: too. Isn't isn't Casey in Pennsylvania?
2: Casey is going to be running against uh, McCormick, who nearly yep. beat Oz in the primary. It seems like Pennsylvania is kind of clearing the deck for McCormick. I'm sure we'll have him on at some point. There are a lot of battleground say, states, right? But when I look at it and say, okay, we're down fifty-one forty-nine right now in the Senate, the three the three that should, West Virginia should happen, right? So I think West Virginia, I think Democrats are basically going to throw in the towel there. We're going to be 50-50, okay? Then at a minimum, you need to win Wyoming or Ohio. Uh, Trump won Ohio by eight points. He won uh, Montana by like 12 or something like that, I think. Those are states that were big red winners. Assuming again, we're presuming, looking out at the landscape right now, if Trump is on the ballot, he would perform well in West Virginia. He would perform well in Ohio. He would perform well in Montana. We have ample evidence of that from the last two presidential cycles. So there should be some tail, uh, you know, some tailwinds, some uh, some coattails to elevate. Uh, whoever those candidates are, and at a minimum, take back the Senate. Because as much of a battle as the presidency is going to be, what I want to know, Buck, is when I go to bed on uh, election night next year in about 14 months, I want to at least know worst-case scenario, divided government. Because we can't have what happened with the first two years of Biden where he comes in and, look, Buck, as bad as inflation is, no one talks about this. It
6: could have been so much he worse. He tried to spend five trillion.
2: Yeah. We would have been sitting at thirteen or fourteen percent inflation. And the only reason that didn't happen is because Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema said, "No, we're not going to go for this." But that's how close, how fine the line was between the blowout. And you just mentioned we're sitting at thirty-three trillion in debt. We'd be like thirty-seven or thirty-eight trillion in debt if the Democrats had gotten to spend money like they wanted to. So at a minimum, we have to have a check out there on this. But that is where the landscape looks as we sit 14 months out. My hope is, by the way, that Joe Manchin actually runs a third-party candidate. Because that's the one aspect that nobody's spending a lot of time on, I would say, kind of projecting in 2024. We know Cornell West, right, is going to be the Green Party candidate. And I do think that as a black guy running on the far left, he may peel off some support, just like Jill Stein did for Hillary Clinton in 2016. We know you idiots out there who vote libertarian are going to show up and still vote libertarian in in challenge states, Um, and so that's going to be an issue. But if we could get somebody like Joe Manchin on the ballot, I think that that would hurt Biden the most
6: Sometimes the sports stuff in the news gets onto the Bucksters' radar over here. It, it, it does happen. Clay brought this one to my attention last week. I'm still a little bit of shock about this. I just want to tell you, before we get into this little, uh, it's not little, but this sports story, uh, next hour we'll talk about latest numbers at the border and also a plan in Chicago raised by the mayor To possibly have government owned grocery stores in some low income neighborhoods. Anyone want to guess why they need government owned grocery stores in America? A place where grocery stores are like massive temples to production, produce and, uh, capitalism. Theft. Theft. We'll, we'll discuss, uh, all of this here coming up in, in just a little bit. But Clay, Michigan state is firing this guy, Mel Tucker. You told me about this. You brought this one up. He is being fired because he had a, as I, well, she claims it was non-consensual yeah. phone sex. So, so is that for, right? Which I don't think is really a thing unless you're claiming there was a threat professionally attached to it. Meaning, right, like, if someone says you have to have phone sex with me or else I'll fire you, that's coercion and that, that, yes. that obviously is, is a problem. But if you just start, you know, talking dirty talk, and the person I, the part of this I need to know answers to is, did the other person, were they like, you know, get, I don't want to start doing dirty talk here on radio, but you know, start getting into it too? Because then I feel like you think it's green light. And you can't so, tell me that that you're not able to, as an adult, you know, working in the world today in America, you can't just say, you know, I think that's inappropriate. If someone keeps pushing it, but what are they firing this guy for? I don't yeah. even understand what he's being fired for, really. That's where I, I'm shocked.
2: They said he violated the morals clause of his contract. He's the head football coach of Michigan State. We talked about this last week, and it was such a crazy story that I still can't believe it's real. He is accused of non-consensual phone sex. And Michigan State is saying that violates the terms of his contract, and they are firing him. Now, Buck, the How details do you have here, 38 minutes how do you have thirty-eight minutes,
6: minutes of non-cons or thirty-six minutes of non-consensual phone sex?
2: I could someone
6: could explain thirty seconds of non-consensual phone sex. I get it. You keep saying you know you want to yeah. talk about this and they want to talk about that, and, but for thirty-six minutes,
2: I, she, I don't understand. She claims she froze and couldn't hang up. Months later, so she, she just went solo for thirty-six <laughs> minutes. That's what she's saying. Come on, it's crazy. I agree. The other thing you should know, Buck, is and this sounds miserable to me because I hate long phone conversations, the two of them, Phone Records Reflect, had 27 different phone calls averaging over 30 minutes in length. So for anybody out there listening right now, how many people have you talked to 27 different times for over a half hour? And if it's a member of the opposite sex, and it's not like your mom or your wife or your girlfriend I would suggest, or you know, like your sister or something like a family relationship, I would submit that if you are having 27 different phone calls with a member of the opposite sex that you are not related to, that is indication that there is some sort of amorous intent there. Because you don't need to, there's no, they don't have a relationship where it's like, Oh, you're my assistant, and we have to manage so many different things that are going on. So, Wait, how, I, how much money did you how job? much
6: money did you lose, Clay? Can you just tell everybody eighty,
2: this is... $80 million dollars.
6: And also, this gentleman he he is he is uh I would like just Google this because I don't know the story very yeah. well, but he is black,
2: correct? Yes, one of the few black well, head coaches, uh, I, to the extent that that matters at all. I, but yeah, well, I
6: I think it's interesting though, because usually under yeah. circumstances like this. You I would think that you would have people that are saying, you know, he's getting unfair treat you know, he's he's being singled out, he's a minority, this is unfair, you know, on those yeah, kind yeah. of grounds that this is a disparate you know, you'll hear people make disparate uh impact arguments based on someone's race on a whole range of different this isn't a crime, to be clear, yeah. but this is sort of a professional offense. I I think it's interesting that have you seen anyone, not just in the sports media, in the media generally on the left saying You know, this is a very prominent, was going to be incredibly wealthy and successful black man who is being treated unfairly. We think he's being treated unfairly, period. I just think it's interesting that they're not making the case that this guy's being treated unfairly because of his race. You know what I mean? It's clearly because the, the politics of gender and Me Too and all that have come into this.
2: It's because you have to believe all women more. They're like on the, on the victimization oppression pyramid woman who alleges like remember realize what she's alleging by the way buck she is alleging non-consensual phone sex and he is being fired for that we're not talking like the russell brand thing that's going on i haven't investigated that a ton those are at least rape allegations like she's not even alleging that he has inappropriate this this is not a
6: this is not a crime in any jurisdiction or any in, in any statute that exists anywhere She's just saying he was dirty talking and I don't like it
2: or I, or I didn't approve of it. Months later, she she like, here's the other thing. This is clearly to me a jilted woman. I think she wanted to be his girlfriend. He re- recognized, if you look at all the evidence that she was talking about their relationship, he decided to cut it off. She then took it to Michigan State and alleged that it was a Title IX violation they have investigated it for months, a 1200-page investigation. He's losing 80 million dollars you know, for a 36-minute phone call.
6: You know what he should do? And I know this is crazy, we live in crazy times. He should say that he identified as a woman at the time of the call. No Title 9 violation. <laughs> what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Title 9 now applies. Or
2: doesn't. It? Really funny. I don't even know.